Welcome to the Grace Podcast, a production of Grace Ministries in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us, and we pray that you are blessed and inspired. For more information about Grace, be sure to check out gmrh.org. Now let's listen in to this week's message. I'm glad God loves us and He knows us and He cares for us. I really am. We're going to be in the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Verse 1, this is very, uh, I say popular, very uh, a passage of Scripture that is spoken a lot. Brian has told you uh, earlier that we're going to be sending out, starting Wednesday, uh, devotionals. We want everyone in the church on the same page, is a good word to say it, so that we are joining and doing the same devotional study together, even though it's at your home and in your everyday life. It's something that will take you probably 8 to 10 minutes to read a, a few verses of Scripture and do a few questions, and it'll come directly to you. For those who do not have email, we've pre-printed them, and we'll have them for you so that you can get them, okay? But we'll be sending it to you on your email each week, and, um, and each day, every day you'll get a new devotional so you can do it yourself. And we can all join together. One of the things that that happened in the book of Acts, you remember, they were all in one accord, and you wonder... How in the world did they get over 50 people in one accord? You know, and, and sometimes we think they all thought the same thing and did the exact same thing all the time. No, they were just in agreement. You know, I'm certain one of them still liked this color on the wall better than they liked that color on the wall. You know what I'm saying? I'm certain some of them thought that the flooring needed to be swept and one of them thought it didn't need to be swept. I'm certain, you know, that some like this pillow versus that pillow, you know, so I'm certain there are things in life, and when they fixed lunch, one probably wanted, you know, lamb today, and the other one wanted chicken, you know. So I'm certain our differences were there, but what they were was one accord on the things of the Lord. And see, that's the key. It doesn't mean all of us relinquish our personalities. It means that we come together on the thing that matters the most, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's what they did. And so what we're wanting to do is kind of bring all of us together on that same page to where we're doing this together and we're growing together. And it's a great little study, great little devotional, and I think it will really benefit us all. And so today I'm kicking that off. I'm talking about that, sharing from that, because we're going to be ministering each week through the Gospel of John. And uh, so I want to tell you a little bit about that. The Gospel of John is really unique in that of all the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell us of the history of the ministry of Christ. And John does that some, too, but John tells us of the heartbeat of God. He lets us know what the heart of God is more than anything else. And he tells us what Christ did, but he does it from the standpoint of a God who loves us and cares for us so much. So just before we get into the Word, let's pray and ask the Lord to speak to us in a way we can understand and know that it's Him. Amen. Father God, we come to you and we ask, Lord, we ask for you to speak to us today. For we need you to speak to us, Lord. In this day and time, there's so many voices and so many things that are saying things to us all the time. We need you to speak directly to us, Lord, and help us. And Father, as we open up your word, let us understand what you're saying and let it be something sweet and, and powerful, Lord God. Let it give us that strength we need and that refreshing we need. 
and that encouragement we need today, Lord. And Lord God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for your truth. In the name of Jesus, amen. I am so thankful for the love of God. So many times we bypass the simplicity of the word of God and the, of God's love. Everyone wants something so deep and so, you know, uh, just something so deep and so powerful that we want everyone to be in awe of the great relationship we have with God. But it's the fact that, it, that He loves us and that we know He loves us, the sim- simple part of the gospel that we overlook sometimes that is really the most powerful part of the gospel. And one of the things that, that I know and I understand and, and, and I see uh, having been competitive with stuff all my life is the fact that if we don't get our foundation right, we don't get the beginning right, then we're always off base. We're always missing it. We're always, it, we're never going to hit the mark. You know, if you were an airplane pilot or airline pilot and you, you have your readings that you have to go by to get to the next airport or to the next destination, if you're one degree off and you travel at long distance, you won't just be, you'll still be one degree off, but you'll be hundreds of miles off of your destination. And if in our life we are off in our fundamental thoughts of who God is and and we miss that part, then we're going to miss all that life has to offer and we're going to miss the things of God in the manner that we need to. We'll be a good person and we'll do good things, but we will not walk in who He is and how He is. We'll miss all those things. You ever wonder why some people uh, can always find the best deals in the world? You ever done that? You ever say, how in the world did they go find that? How did they get that deal? I've been looking for that for a long time or wanting something like that for a long time. How did they get it? Well, my brother Terry can find a deal. My sister Linda can find a deal. I don't, you know, they, they can go, you go around Gene. Stuff falls from the sky. He's got a tractor for every day. You know, no matter what happens, the, some people just seem like they're a magnet for special good deals, Right? You know why they are a special magnet for good deals? They look for them. And they go to where the deals are. If I stay at home, how can I expect the deal to find me? If I am in one spot and I say, oh, I want it to happen, I want to be blessed that way, but I never put myself in it, then how am I going to receive it? You see, in, in the things of the Lord, if I do not think about it, if I do not apply myself to it or give myself to it, then everything about God is going to be distant. And He's always going to be distant to me and I'm never going to receive or walk in who He really is. Because He's too big. He's too far. He's too distant for me. And it's somebody else receives from Him, but I never do. So one of the first things we have to do is get the foundation right. That's why it's important that we go back to Genesis. And Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God. There is no other way. There's no other alternative. There's no other message that we can hear or receive or really apply to our life except for what happened in the beginning, according to the Word of God. If I entertain, if I take in anything else, then what I'm going to do is compromise and taint the message and the truth of God's Word. I've got to either believe it or not believe it. 
And if I'm going to be a born-again believer, I need to believe every word as I said. The things that give me hope, the things that give me life, and also the things that correct me. The things that says I'm wrong in, I need to correct. Amen? So if I'm a liar, what do I need to do? Stop lying. If I'm a thief, what do I need to do? Stop stealing, right? If I am doing the things that the Bible says is sin, I need to stop them. At times we need, always we will need, the power of the Holy Spirit to help us with the strength to do that. But sometime or another, I have to get up and stop. Amen? So, But that's not the message today, because I'm not here to bring condemnation. I'm here to bring light. And in that, but if I'm doing wrong, I need to stop doing wrong. Okay? Amen? So in the beginning was the Word. So in the beginning, God created, and in the beginning was the Word. How did God create the, the universe? How did He, it all happen? He spoke it into existence. God's Word brings literally life. It, it brings the conceiving part of life. When God speaks, life happens. And then the other part about it is that God's Word, when He speaks, not only does it bring forth life, but it sustains life. It gives hope. It gives promise. It gives truth. One of the things that we must determine and know beyond measure is this, that Jesus Christ is deity. He's not a good man. He's not a prophet. He's not those things that we have labeled that we put on there. I must see him as God. He is God in the flesh. God with us. Emmanuel. And I must see him as God. And I must know that when that word was spoken in the beginning, Jesus was there in the beginning. He wasn't separated and all of a sudden come along later on. He's not the brother of Satan. Some religious groups will teach you that Jesus and, and, and Satan are brothers and, and Satan was the bad brother and he was kicked out of heaven. That's absolutely false. There's only one Son of God. Now we become the children of God by adoption. We have been grafted into the family, brought into the family, but there's only one begotten Son, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. But He was in the beginning, so was the Holy Spirit. So as we look at this, we must understand and know that when Jesus came, He came fully man, but He also came fully God. He's deity. So I must see Him as deity. I must realize that He is God in the flesh came to earth and he literally lived a sinless life and in that he offered himself as the supreme sacrifice for the sins of all mankind. I must know that. If I accept or believe anything else other than that, then I have changed the word of God. And it's not going to work for me. It's always going to be, oh, that's a good thing. That's what, you know, if I want to be a good person, that's what I'll do. It isn't about that. It's about loving and surrendering our life to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's God. When I see Him as God, then the things that in life that I have difficulty with, the decision-making, everything that I do in life, all that begins to change because I do it in light of Him as deity, not just of Him as a good man. If it's a good man, then I'm going to stop doing it after a while. 
out of sight, out of mind. Right? I'm going to stop that, but if I recognize Him as deity, then I'm going to follow Him because He's God. That's the beginning point of the message that the Gospel of John brings us. He's establishing from the very first words that it is God with us. Many times when we fall and we yield to the areas of sin in our life, it's not a sin problem, it's a love problem. I love the things of my flesh more than I love the things of God. And why is that? Because I recognize God is less, not more. When I see Him as less or not as who He really is, then I'm susceptible to just conform to what's around me. I must see Him as God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is God. But there's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm not here to explain that. I'm just here to tell you how it is. All right? The same was in the beginning with God. So in the very beginning, Jesus was there when it was all created. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. There is no beginning and no end with Him. He's God, complete. We can't fathom that. I can't fathom the fact that there is no beginning and no end, that He always is and always was and always will be, as the Scripture teaches us. I can't conceive that because I have to see a beginning and an end. I have to start with one and end with a hundred, right? Many people can't count 50 from 50 on. They can only start with one. They've got to start, well, let me start at one, and then let me go through. See, in this, you and I, how we live life and all this, that we, must, we see a beginning and end, and everything is based on sight instead of faith. Everything is based on what I can tangibly touch Instead of just believing. And we have difficulty with that. We have difficulty with the fact of saying that God was in the beginning. How is that possible? How is it possible to be born again? How is it possible for all these things to happen? And we we see these things and we hear these things and we get really confused. And all of a sudden the church world creates a new language of faith and belief And then when we're saying it out in public or even in service like this, everybody gets confused because that's not the language we use every day. Right? And so we get confused in this. And then you have people who aren't in church and they hear these terms and they're going like, what are they talking about? Kind of like when you play softball and you're in the dugout. The language, the terminology of things in the dugout is different than what goes on anywhere else. So when they say something, the team knows what they're talking about. The people in the stands are like, what did they just say? I remember growing up playing ball. There was a coach from Lancaster, and it was a pop fly. He said, can of corn. I'm like, you know, I was on the team. I'm like, what does he mean by a can of corn? What do you eat 90% of the meals with you when you cook meals at home? A can of corn, something that's part of your everyday life. It's basic. It's simple. It's easy, a routine thing. And that's what he meant by it. So everybody out there said, a can of corn. And I'm like, we're not eating. I had to learn the terminology. And in the church world, when we say things, people around us don't have an understanding of what we're talking about. 
Because they see Jesus according to how it's presented to them in everyday life. A good man, a prophet. But they don't see him as God. And when you and I see him as God, then everything about us changes. All of our viewpoints change. All of our things of life change. Why? Because now I'm in communion with God. Not a man. Even though God came in the form of a man to redeem me. I'm seeing things totally different. Everything about me changes. Everything about my thought process changes. Everything that I am changes. Why? Because I'm a part of something greater than me. I'm part of something that's greater than just my finite thinking. I'm something greater than how I feel on a good day or bad day. That's not dictated who He is. And see, when I see Him as God, there is no problem, no situation, no circumstance I will face that would be ever too difficult for Him. Many times in life we don't pray, we don't seek God, we don't go after Him. Why? Because we feel our circumstances is greater than who He is. And that's not the case. When I see Him as He is, God, then what happens? Everything about me changes. And how I see and how I pray and how I talk and how I walk, how I live changes. Does that mean I can't enjoy life? Yes, I can enjoy life. But I do it in a different way. Amen? Why am I always trying to conform to something else when I can have the opportunity to conform to God? The Bible says He will make me like Him. Does that mean I'll become a God? No, that's not what I'm talking about. That means I will have His characteristics and His heartbeat. That's what I'm referring to. We become the product of our environment, don't we? Whatever we're around the most, that's what we, we're like. The thing that I, I do every day, isn't that who I become? Do you remember the old adage of it begins with a thought? Then, begin, then the next step is I do it. The next step, if it becomes an everyday part of my life, it becomes a habit. And then the next step after that is it becomes part of my choice, part of my character. And the fifth thing is it becomes my destiny if I make it a part of my everyday life. It begins with a thought. Then I have to do it. Then I practice it every day. And then it becomes my character. And then it becomes my destiny. So how do I make this same thing work with God? He begins with a, my thoughts. I now pursue Him with everything I am. Then he becomes my everyday life. And then I take on his character. Then he is my destiny. It's very simple. And we make it so difficult that serving God is so far out there that it can never be achieved. It can never be attained. It's not about, even though we're going to receive a prize, it's not about the prize. It's about the heartbeat. It's about the relationship. In the midst of all this, 
The one who is God says, I love you so much that I want to talk to you every day. Doesn't mean I go in like in the, the, the lineup and put my hands against the wall and say, God, I'm sorry I did this. And, you know, I'm so afraid to even have a conversation with him because he's going to point out everything I did wrong. It's about me coming before him. And then as I do that, I have that great relationship with him where I can talk with him and I can read his word and it makes sense to me and it begins to grow in me. And then my life changes. Why? Because I see him differently than I did before. Before he's distant. Before he's something my grandfather told me about. He's, he's a lifestyle that I heard when I was with a group of people when I was a kid and so I felt this is what I was supposed to do all my life. No. There comes that time when he reveals himself to us. And when he reveals himself to us, I see him as he is. God. Who has redeemed my life. So what's the benefits of all this? What's the benefits of, of doing this? Okay. Why? You know, everybody else seems to have a great time. And they really, you know, have the party life. They get to go do this or that. And, you know, they get to use their... Instead of giving tithes and offering, they get to use it on their own self to do other things. And, you know, and then they don't have to come to church every week, you know, and they get to really hang out with their friends and do a lot of different stuff. And, you know, we see all these things. You know what? When I, after serving the Lord, I have traveled to places in the world that I never thought I was going to travel before. I've got to see and do things that I never thought was possible for me to do. My relationships with people have changed immensely. Why? Because I don't come with any hidden agendas, wondering what you're going to do behind my back, wondering what's going to happen to this person in that relationship. Because let's face it, in the workplace and the lives we live outside of the church, it's if someone's stepping on the next person to get to the next level. There is no... Commitment from people to people many times. It's all about who's going to get the next step. I have found more security and help and hope and life and freedom. And just the fact that I feel good about life itself. Why? Because I serve Him. I'm not afraid. I am not afraid. Literally. And see... When you and I live in a, a day and a time that we live in, most people between the age of 35 and 45, lives are failing them. You know why? Because they're not doing what they thought they were going to do in life. They're, what their goals were is they're not being able to achieve them. So they're on more medication. They're, they're literally following after things and having to see doctors more and more and more. Why? Because they had a preconceived thought of what life was all about, and it didn't happen that way for them. The promise of school, the promise of whatever. The, they didn't understand the hard work that mom and dad did before. And now, how did mom and dad get to that point? And now they're in that point, and the buck has stopped with them, and they don't know what to do because they have presented themselves into a life of false hope and false things. When I serve Christ and give him my life, God himself, when I give him my life, there is peace and there is strength and there is joy that he brings to my life every day. Does life hard? Yes. Does that mean everything going to be perfect for me every day? Absolutely not. 
but it means no matter what I face, there is something inside that's happening because the Bible says greater is he, God, that lives in us than he, Satan, that lives in the world. When I follow after him. So we know the same was in the beginning. In verse 3 here, we're going to look at it. What he's going through. And all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So you wonder where it came from, who made it? Jesus made it. God made it. He spoke it. He was there in the beginning when it happened. There was nothing that was formed that was not done by him. How creative he is. The only the things I do in life that sometimes I think I'm creative at is I'm only beginning trying to mimic what he's already done. Someone looks out here and says, oh, wow, Tim, you planted that tree, you planted this, and that garden looks so good. That's because Cheryl told me where to put them. And I, I did that. And, and they think I created something. I'm thinking, man, just go out here to this park that man has put a driveway in and a couple sheds on and call it a park like they've done something, and you see all the beauty of God in the lake, the pond, all these things, and you just see the greatness of, of God. I might put some dirt in a mound, but God created mountains. He created so many things that He did that man can only begin to try to capture either with a picture or with a painting. But God made it from the very beginning. It's important that we get our beginning correct. Because if I have my beginning correct, then no matter what happens in life, I can make it through it because... My foundation is correct. That's really important. So he made it all. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. So in him is all life. There is no life outside of God. You say, oh no, people live and breathe and do this all the time. We're talking about life and life everlasting. If we don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, the Bible says that we're lost. That's not this church's Doctrine where we beat people up over the head kind of thing. That's the Word of God, and we believe the Word of God. So that's the truth of it. So I need to know Him. But has He limited that to anyone? No, He said, I would that all men would come to me and be saved. He's offering life to everyone, not to a select few. There are times in life I have felt I was never good enough. Anybody else? Come on, wave at me this morning if you felt you were never good enough. You're never part of the group or never part of the team or never part of this or never part of that. And we're in life and we get to that point and, and we see ourselves as an outcast and we say, okay, that's the benefits for everybody else, but what about me? You know, I know that will never happen for me. I remember reading the story, and you probably have two, of the fellow that saved all of his money so he could come to America. And he was just a simple man in Europe, and he was trying his best to get to America. And he, he heard of the promise and the, you know, all the great things that could happen here, but he took every bit of his money to buy his ticket to get on the ship. And he had no money for food. He didn't have no money for anything. And he would walk by on the outside of the deck and see all the people in there eating and just enjoying life and enjoying the, the ship and and uh he would very seldom come out of his room and and do all this and it was like the last day of his 
the, the trip, and he was looking there, and he was talking to someone. They said, well, I've never seen you at the table. He said, well, I never really had the money to eat. And he said, huh? All this food was part of your ticket. Everything, all the benefits of all this was part of what you purchased when you bought your ticket. And the man was like, are you serious? He said, yes. And see, many times we miss out on the power and the love of God because we see Him so distant and we haven't understood what He's saying inside, that He loves us, He cares for us, and that He wants to be more than a distant God. He wants a personal relationship with us. And He's our healer. He's our provider. He's our counselor. He's the mighty God, as Isaiah tells us. Why? Because we heard someone else say what they thought God was. And instead of understanding what the scripture actually says he is. And when John starts this book, he sets the foundation straight that in the beginning was God. Jesus was there in the beginning. And what we're going to learn over the next few weeks is literally this, the heartbeat of God. How much he loves us. Sometimes with stuff that's happened in my life, I wonder how somebody could love me. I'm sure you feel the same way. But the Bible tells us that He loves us. Period. He loves us. Verse 5 here tells us, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The world we live in cannot comprehend the love of God. Can't. You and I cannot comprehend the love of God. Except that we were drawn by the power and by the Spirit of God, we would not have an opportunity to hear or to know Him at all ourselves. It's important that we understand that God took the time to draw you to Him. He wanted to reveal his love to you so much that he said, I love you, period. And you heard that message. You heard that opportunity to receive him. As you go literally through this book of John, you're going to find and hear things that we don't need to do. That's fine. But you're also going to hear of the heartbeat of God that says, I have made a way for you. Let's not concentrate on what we can't do. Let's concentrate on who he is and what he wants to do in us. Let's concentrate on the fact that he has found a way to love us. That the one who created us has found a way to love us no matter where we've been or what's going on in our life. Wow. Jonathan, if you'll come. There's sometimes with some people in my life, in the history of my life. I didn't really care if I loved them or not. Anybody else that way? Hmm? Now let's be real. I don't wish them harm, not too much. I don't wish them harm, but I don't wish them hope either. I'm not going to cast them out into utter darkness but they don't have to eat at the table with me. That's sometimes we have people in life that we feel that way. Right? Oh, us. Something we need to work on. But in all of this, 
because of my sin and my shame. God said, let me find a way to love Tim. Now, I know his gospel is for all mankind. But he found a way to love me. He didn't find a way to exclude me. He didn't find a way to say it's for everybody but Tim. Do you know who Tim is? He didn't do that. He found a way to love me. And I'm so thankful. And when I can recognize that he loves me, then I understand he can love everybody. So today, I want you to hear, for God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son so that you would not perish, so that you could have everlasting life. Who did that? Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. God did that for us. This isn't a religious thing. This is a God thing. This isn't an organizational thing that we do. This is God making a way for you and I to love Him and for Him to love us. He's holy. Sin cannot be in His presence. But yet He found and made a way so that we could be in His presence. And He could speak to us. It is infinite what God has done and is doing on our behalf. So what do we need to do? I need to see Him as God. I need to see Him as He is. Don't minimize Him, but let Him be large, extra large, extra, extra, extra large in our life. Let Him be the God that He is. Amen? Father God, we trust You today. We need you, Lord. We need you every day, every moment. And Lord, change my viewpoint. Change how I see things, Lord. Open my eyes and my understanding so I can see you as you really are, God. You're God and you love us. You're God and you care for us. You're God and you found a way and made a way, made it possible so we can love you, Lord. I cannot thank you enough for that. And I worship you today. I lift my voice, I lift my heart, and I say thank you for loving me. And Lord, let me never see you less than you are. Let me see you always expanding and growing in my eyes. Let me see you, Lord God, being God, not as a prophet, but as the Son of the living God. Oh, I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. So this morning, I want to ask the Lord to open your understanding and open your eyes as you go through this time so you can begin seeing Him as He really is, God. You say, Pastor, I didn't have that problem. Well, rejoice in the fact that you don't. But for many, we can't get past or to the next point because we're always seeing Him as less. And we're seeing our problems and our situation is more. We need to see him greater than our world and our situation. And when we do, we'll find that he can do so much more in our life.
So, Father, open our understanding, open our eyes, and let us see you as you really are, God. The one who redeemed us and loved us and cared for us far greater than we could ever do ourselves. Lord God, when I see you in that manner, things change. May I have a God encounter with you today. One that I cannot refute. One that I cannot turn from. One that I'll know that I know that I know that you're God and that you love us. You love me. God, I pray that every person in this place today will have a God encounter with you. Speak to them, Lord, through your word. Speak to them, Lord, through your Holy Spirit. And let them understand and know that it's you. I pray for encouragement. I pray for strength for them every day. Oh, God, touch them, I pray. Encourage them, I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Father, if there's anyone here today who doesn't know you, I pray that today that they will surrender their heart and life to you, that they will say yes to you. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that in you there's only one way, and that's you, Lord God, and I surrender my life to you. If that's you today, would you just slip your hand up and say, I'm ready for that moment with God. I want to surrender my life to him. Anyone? By your power, your Holy Spirit today, Lord God. Hallelujah. Now I pray for encouragement again and peace for each and every one of you. Pray for the strength of the Lord God to touch you by his power. Amen and amen. Would you stand to your feet? Let's look to the screens.